Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Aging Younger with David and Stephanie Tippy, founders of the Anti-Aging Clinic in Water Hill, Florida, where the alternatives matter. Now here are your hosts, David and Stephanie Tippy. Hello, listeners. This is Stephanie Tippy, and welcome to Aging Younger Radio. David and I broadcast live every week from our clinic in Tamarack, Florida. And we can always be reached at 954-742-4430. And you can follow us online at livelonger123.com. Well, it's good to be back on the air. Last week, David did the show uh, alone, as I am doing uh, with a different co-host this evening, who I will introduce in a moment. Uh, This past week, I spent in Miami Beach, or should I say Miami Bitch, had a tremendous time with the parking down there, and that's another whole story that I think I'm going to uh, blog about and I'm going to say, Miami Beach or Miami Bitch, to take it or leave it, I choose to leave it. So that being said, this week as my co-host, I'm really pleased that I'm going to be introducing in a moment Patricia Corey. And, you know, Patricia's often called a real-life Indiana Jones by her fans and readers around the world because not only is she a best-selling author, but she is also an inspiring icon of truth and a living model of the adventurous spirit within us all. An internationally acclaimed author with 11 best-selling publications to her credit, she is one of the most well-known and established authorities on the realms of the mystic, views of the world, and multidimensional reality that challenge the status quo. And I think that introduction should be enough to pique the, uh, our listeners this evening and really want to tune in to hear what Patricia has to say. Welcome, Patricia, to Aging Younger Radio. Thank you so much. I am delighted to be with you and uh, honored that I'm your co-host for this dialogue. Well, yes. I mean, you have a lot to say. Um, I also am very much into the metaphysical. The reason I was in Miami Beach uh, this past week um, was I attended again. I did some volunteer work with Eric Pearl and his team for the reconnection. I don't know if you've heard about it. I have indeed. Yes. So I am a reconnective healing practitioner, and uh, I just believe in what he's doing. So I spent the uh, four days at the Miami Beach uh, Convention Center, uh, stayed with a friend to try to stave off of some of the hotel costs. But let me tell you something, Patricia. The parking was tremendous. My uh, <laughs> Apparently. So, uh, le- listen to this. Uh, the, the, my, the Miami Beach Convention Center is humongous. It's, it's a couple of blocks, and it has A, B, C, and D halls. So I am accustomed to having done major conventions at this uh, center, and I always park in C-Lot, which is the main entrance. So when you get in in C-Lot, you have to walk. Uh, I, equivalent, I could, would say, to about a half a mile to get to A. No big deal. I like to walk. But the second night I was there, I was. We left 
uh, the building at about 8, 8.15. I go to my car, get in my car, turn it on, and I drove around that lot three, four times thinking maybe I was just too tired to see, not see the exit. There was no exit. Miami Beach had the audacity, the city had the audacity to demand from the convention center that they close that lot because they did not want anybody parking there illegally because there was a show going on in the theater across the street, the Fillmore, Gilmore Theater, whatever it is. I had to call 911, and then the police did not respond. I had to call them back again. Yeah. Oh, who is this? This is Stephanie Tippy. I just called about 30 minutes ago. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, well, we have to call the security company. They have to come and open the gate for you. One hour. One hour to get out of that parking lot. Well, you're so scaring I, me because I'm going to be in Miami on the 24th and 25th, and fortunately I don't drive a car. But um, I'm hoping that I will have a smooth, beautiful transition in the time I'm there. Well, you will. Just don't drive. I promise That's I won't. Okay, okay, so enough about that in Miami Beach. So, Patricia, again, welcome to Aging Younger Radio. I'm very excited about your message. And I know you have a new novel out. I have the book here, The Emissary. It is a novel, but it's a novel based on truth, correct? Yes, in fact, I'm glad that my readers are recognizing that because um, it's my first novel, and all of my other books are, let's say, nonfiction metaphysical information, etc., and I'm known for that, but I felt that it was time to use fiction, quote-unquote, as a vehicle to be able to reach more people who may be, let's say, a little bit hesitant, that's my gentle way of saying it, to embrace messages that are of the metaphysical genre. And how many of us know, for example, even husbands who say, I don't understand what you do, and... I don't want to hear about it. So I decided, let me use fiction with packed with adventure and uh, thriller and uh, sci-fi to be able to reach people and still send them my message, which is about healing the earth, which is about the message from the whales and dolphins, and the impending disaster that is looming for our earth unless we wake up and take command and heal our planet, which is what I believe we will do. Well, I, I believe we are on that uh, journey right now. Yes. That people like yourself, Dr. Eric Pearl and his work and all the other metaphysical metaphys- uh, uh, people out there spreading the word and those of us like myself who are very much in tune with uh, the message and and doing the work. It's, it's special work. It, it, it's tapping into the intelligence of the universe and letting that universe guide us so that we we living here in the now on this planet can help change and reverse all the damage that is occurring to mother earth indeed so, and we are the guardians of this planet and the joy is that although it sometimes appears that the human race is is simply completely dumbed down and asleep On the other hand, so many of us are waking up. So many people are finding their path and they are concerned about the earth and doing important work to heal the planet. And I'm overjoyed to see that. And I think that the whales and dolphins play a very important part of that process because they are 
truly illuminated beings. I think well, more and more humans are waking up to that. Why don't we talk a little bit about that, Patricia? Talk about the whales and the dolphins and how they are illuminated and how you bring this into the emissary, emissary uh, and the novel. So uh, I guess maybe... Okay. Well, the book. my last book before the emissary was called Before We Leave You, Messages for the Great Whales and Dolphins. And in that book, which is a channeled piece, the whales and dolphins speak to us, and they tell us, first of all, our role here on the planet, much to your surprise, is not merely just to be remote cousins of the human race, and in and neither are we supposed to be clowns and uh, circus animals for you. We have a very important mission, and that mission is to hold the oceans together with the music and the frequencies of higher consciousness. Now, this is very exciting because Dr. Emoto showed us with great oh, eloquence. I love his work. I love his work. Yes. yes. Talk about he it. He showed us uh, how water retains memory and how that water can be healed and advanced to be able to reach its perfection, which would be the six-sided star, which is the representation of the all that is the ever, the well, the um, I'm losing. Uh, I'm, I'm forgetting now the expression of that sacred geometry. As above, so below, and as below, so be, so above. There we go. And I believe that that's the perfection of the molecular structure of water. And so that book, before we leave you, talks about how the whales and dolphins' music is helping the water always remember vibrationally the perfection of its essence. So and that's very exciting. It is exciting. How do the whales and the dolphins communicate this message to the water? Through their music. Their music, did you know that a humpback dolphin can send its music 1,000 miles away? No, how Let's just how contemplate that. How is it trans- 1,000 miles away, because we have scientists now who are studying patterns of the music of humpback, particularly the humpbacks. And some of them are working with humpbacks in certain regions, and they are listening and reproducing music that can last 35, 40 minutes before they even repeat a melody. And then they have scientist stations at different places in the uh, different oceans around the globe, and they hear that the dolphins and whales in those locations are picking up those songs, those melodies, and reproducing them. So this speaks to the idea that the whales are actually relaying information. These songs seem to be relayed from pod to pod around the globe. And I believe this has a lot more to do with some sort of higher consciousness than it has to do with simple mating calls. Obviously, a whale in California is not propensed to be trying to mate with a whale in New Zealand. True. True. So I think that they are sending song and messages to these brothers and sisters in different parts of the ocean that have to do with relaying a certain vibrational frequency around the planet and in doing that, holding the oceans in balance. And that's what my work and, is about. And, 
So, you know, if we were to uh, take that a step further and with people who are uh, in, in becoming uh, aware of the intelligence of the universe and the freq healing frequencies of the universe, the more people who become... Um, aware and start to do the work here on the planet uh, outside or on tierra firma, you know, the ground versus the water, then if we can take the two and combine it, then we're really starting to uh, vibrate uh, at a much higher and we're moving quicker to the, that uh, ultimate dimension where we want to be if we exactly. take the two. Uh, exactly. And I believe that the whales and dolphins are speaking to the human race now and that we are looking at a huge, really a moment of incredible breakthrough. I think we're going to have contact with ET life in this period and I think we're going to break through the animal codes to speak to the whales and dolphins. And I'm pretty sure there's a connection there on all levels. I just think, wow, how exciting to be alive at this time. It is. We are living in a very exciting time. So, Patricia, do you communicate with the whales and dolphins? Yes, I would like to say, and I'd like to preface this by saying, I, it is my humble belief that I am in contact with them because I want no ego in my way. So, gotcha. in my humble belief, I have been blessed with the joy of receiving information from them as is indicated in the book before we leave you. And some of it is very painful because they're crying out to the human race and saying we are not simply joyful, beautiful, magnificent beings as you perceive us. We also have loss. We're suffering tragedy. We, we need you to understand this. We need the human race to wake up and help us or we will leave this planet and we will leave this dimension. And they describe how they need to have critical mass in the oceans to help the Earth herself maintain balance in the oceans. So that's, uh, that was a difficult process for me to bring through. But, but Patricia, how, how, do you, how, do they, how do they channel to you? How, how do you hear them? Or, or are they visions? Or do you, are they auditory? What is it? Uh, the first time I heard the whales and dolphins call out, I was teaching a workshop in Jordan. And in the middle of the workshop, and I was in the middle of an or oration, so it was completely out of place, I began to hear this screaming, please help us, help us. And I had no clue what was happening because the problem with being a clairaudient psychic is that when you hear voices, sometimes it's so very real, you, you feel like somebody is physically present. It's very frightening. And so I heard this pleading, and I had to break up the class and get distance enough to get myself together. And when I went back into the room, I finished the class, but I, I wasn't myself. I, I, I was catapulted into the middle of the ocean where many whales and dolphins were planning to commit suicide. And, wow. and it was torment. This, this is what you heard? This is what I heard. Please help us before we leave you. And that's why the book is titled that way. And then I went back into my room that night and found out that at the moment that I'd had this experience, 
150 whales had beached themselves in New Zealand, and they were dead. And so this was the beginning of a period of time in my life that I'd like to forget, where every two or three months I would wake up or be interrupted in my normal life activity by screaming, crying whales and dolphins, saying, please help us, please help us before we leave you. And that was the precursor to me being able to channel that information for them, which comes in, what can I say, as a channel, people have asked me to describe the process, and the best way to describe it is it's as if I'm receiving thought bubbles. Thought bubbles, bubbles of thought that, that open up and explode, and I'm able to extract from them the essence of them. And uh, I brought through that first book. And then The Emissary is actually an extension of that first book, which talks so much to the question of the whales and dolphins having an urgent message for the human race. And, of course, it also has an intricate plot, uh, bad guys, good guys. uh, It's quite uh, elaborate as a novel. But a a central theme to the... Sorry? It's a mystery. It is indeed. So people should tap into your book, The Emissary, and it's by Patricia Corey. And I I imagine they can uh, get that from Amazon and maybe even from your website. Yes, you can connect to Amazon through my site, theemissary.net. You can buy it on Amazon. Or I always prefer or let's say encourage people to go to your bookstore because we need to support bookstores or they'll disappear. So at any rate, it's available for many outlets. It's, it's doing quite well and uh, people can look on Amazon.com if they'd like to have more information about uh, availability and also reviews and comments about the book. Definitely. You know, Patricia, I'm going to take a very quick break, and we're going to, uh, we will be right back. And I want to pick up again with the whales and the dolphins because another question just popped into my mind like a bubble of thought, popped into <laughs> my mind, and, and uh, I know you can answer it. So to our listeners, you're listening to Stephanie Tippy and Patricia Corey on Aging Younger Radio. Don't go away. We shall return. Look your best safely without surgery. We offer non-surgical facelift treatments complete with professional skincare products utilizing magical copper. The Anti-Aging Clinic shows you weight management and body contouring, all safe and non-invasive. Turn back the hands of time with Growth Factor Spray. Antioxidants are our first line of defense against aging. Our professionals can scientifically verify if your vitamins are working with new laser technology. Get your score by calling today. longevity will follow. The brain and endocrine system control your body, including things like weight gain. When your hormones are out of balance, your body cannot function properly. Call the Anti-Aging Clinic and begin to age younger today. Call 954-742-4430. That's 954-742-4430. We are back, and thank you for listening to uh, staying with us. This is Stephanie Tippy and Aging Younger Radio, and I have Patricia Corey with me in studio as my co-host, and we were just talking about the whales, the dolphins, and 
Patricia's ability to communicate or or channel their message to us. And so my next question, Patricia, is do you think that we, meaning people like myself, can communicate with the dolphins and the whales? I do. I think that we are entering a period of extraordinary mediumship where the veils are thinning on this planet and more and more of us are able to communicate with the other side. And that includes breaking through barriers in communication that we have between animal kingdoms. So I think this is a, a, a period of time that reflects the change of, in the vibrational patterns of the earth and reflects us entering into a, the great age of light. And I do believe that the whales and dolphins are in the in pole position. They have a lot to share with the human race. Consider, 80% of our planet is water, and we know so very little about it. And who are the masters of the oceans? The whales and dolphins. So I do believe that we are, more and more of us are receiving information from them. There are wonderful things underway to protect them, and I'd love to talk about that. And I do believe that more and more of us are awakening to their song, to their purpose, and to their message for the human race. I personally have not heard uh, any, I'm not a clairaudient, I have not heard any message, I'm not, I'm not a channeler, so what, um, how do you, how would you recommend that we uh, tap into their, to their messages, their channelings? Well, there's nothing like getting on a boat and going out into the middle of the ocean and being near them, <laughs> for starters. The whales and dolphins in captivity are struggling, so that's not where you're going to get the music. But more and more people are, first of all, more and more resort areas and countries recognize that it's more profitable to conduct tours and uh, support organizations that help people get out near the dolphins and whales rather than killing them, which is great news, even in Japan. And there is no more powerful experience to understand the whales and dolphins than to be out on the water with them, or better yet, to swim with them. Now, I have yet to swim with humpback whales. That's going to happen this year. But I swim regularly with dolphins in the Azores Island in the Azores Islands, which are halfway between North America and Portugal. And I have had the... It must have been an incredible experience. The first time I jumped into the ocean with wild dolphins, I was surrounded by 200, approximately 250 bottlenose dolphins. And they stayed with me for three hours. You stayed in the water for three hours straight? Yes in the middle of the ocean. This is not on the coast. This is not off the beach. I'm talking about jumping off a pontoon boat, a boat in the middle of the ocean in the North Atlantic Ocean and having 250 uh, dolphins surround me and simply stay with me. They were very relaxed. They weren't hunting. And I had a life-altering experience. In fact, I felt that this is very possibly where I'm going to leave this planet and just swim off with the dolphins, never to be seen again. (laughs) Fortunately, there was somebody nearby saying, Pat, Pat, come back to reality. 
and uh, I was pulled back to the boat. But I had that experience of being in the water in the middle of the ocean three hours with the great dolphin being. So were you able to touch them, pet them, caress them, nurture them, love them? Well, in the wild, you don't dare to, to, to approach a dolphin. It has to be everything that they want. Because this is not like a tank. They're not trained. This is dolphins who are just in the ocean and say, oh, a human, let's go investigate her. But what did happen and is still considered one of the most remarkable things that's ever happened there in the Azores. When I went into the water, I had with me a scroll because I told my readers, I'm going to go swim with dolphins. And if you have any message for them, I'd love for you to send it to me. One word, maximum sentence. And I bought some rice paper and some squid ink, and I painstakingly wrote these messages on this scroll. And I rolled it up and stuck it in the back of my uh, wetsuit. And these were words like, please trust us, please know we love you, beautiful messages from so many people. So when I jumped in, the first thing I did was pull this scroll out of my wetsuit and when the dolphins were all around me and I released this paper, which was, of course, rice paper, biological, into the water and all these little pieces of rice dissolving all around me. The dolphins came from everywhere and I know they were reading those messages and they were laughing. Uh, dolphins always look like they're laughing, actually, but they were like, yes, they do. <laughs> There was joy and celebration, and I knew they were receiving that love. And very soon uh, after that, I was hit in the shoulder by a dolphin, and I was afraid because I, I was afraid. I'm in the wild here. What if it's a shark? And this dolphin it hit me in the shoulder, and then it glided down my left side of my body, leaped out of the water, it touched me all the way down to my fins of the uh, the rubber fins that I was wearing. And then it leaped out of the water and jumped over me and jumped back in. And the captain said, I've never seen dolphins in the wild do anything like that. It was a wonderful, joyous experience that I, I wish for everyone. I wish everyone who loves whales and dolphins can experience being with them in the wild because it changes would- your life. It would have been something if you could, well, I guess you can with uh, uh, trained dolphins uh, actually go up and, and kiss it, kiss the dolphin. I mean, really. Yeah, but the problem with that is they're trained to, they're very intelligent, and they're trained to take a photo, let you kiss them, flap their fins, and get a fish. It's a very different experience when you jump into the wild with them, and what they're doing is absolutely natural spontaneous behavior. That must have been just incredible. Did you get it on video? Unfortunately, no. Uh, But I do have some... I had an underwater photographer jump in, so we do have some extraordinary pictures of me very near these dolphins. And this summer, when I go back to the Azores, I'm working on getting an underwater photographer to take video. That would be amazing. That would yeah, be it will. It will. Amazing. Plenty of people well, have had the privilege of doing that. We are seeing extraordinary footage of people underwater with dolphins and whales. 
there was a woman who jumped in recently with a sperm whale. And these are big whales. And she foolishly approached this wild whale and tried to pet it. And this whale thought, oh, what's this toy? Let's play with this. And he grabbed her, took her down so deep in the ocean that she should have died. And when she started reacting, the whale seems to have understood that he was hurting her, and he brought her up to the surface, and fortunately she survived. But Mm -hmm. uh, there are some extraordinary things being photographed underwater, and we're privileged to have these shared with us now on YouTube. But I hope to be able to bring footage next this summer when I'm back there with those beautiful beings. Oh, I hope you share with me. I hope you share with me uh, any and all of the footage that you can obtain. Because I, I, I will post it and uh, follow through. So that leads me to another question, because you, you're very much involved with the, the planet and planetary changes so that the planet does not self-destruct, if you will. What is your vision as to the evolution of the Earth? Well, uh, that's a profound question. Thank you, Stephanie. First of all, I don't think the planet is self-destructing. I think the human race is doing a great job on polluting Mother Earth. And I trust this planet. I trust her as a conscious being. And I know that regardless of what happens, Mother Earth will always survive. Now, that may mean we're facing some pretty devastating Earth changes or... It may mean that we wake up and we start taking care of this beautiful planet. We're at a crossroad. And I'm doing my best to wake up as many people as possible. And so are so many other people. And I believe in the human spirit. I believe that we rise up to the challenge and that this is the moment of transition. So I I do think we're going to turn it around and... I I think many people are working toward this. And my message to the children is, this is your planet. This is your future. Start taking care of Mother Earth. So here I am in California, which is a wonderfully awake part of the world. And I see great potential for change, ecology, awareness. And I'm convinced that we will turn the, the tables and heal this beautiful planet and that's my mission and that is why I I write what I do and that is why the theme in the emissary is so prominently one of ecology and our waking up to the animal kingdom in in this case the emissary the whales telling us wake up the earth is at a crisis point wake up it's up to you the human race you are the power species on the planet. So do you think you and I will see this change in our lifetime? Absolutely. I think you and I are going to see the human race recognition of the fact that we are galactic beings. I think we're about to see uh, the arrival, let's say, the unquestionable disclosure of alien life which is also a theme in the book, The Emissary. And talk, to me about that. talk to us about that. Talk, I, I know you are a firm believer 
Ed, that there are beings from other planets here, living here in the now on Earth. Let's, let's talk about that. Okay. I think it's almost foolish to not believe that there is life abounding in the universe and that the only place where life could possibly exist is this little blue marble in space. For starters, I would hate to think that we are the highest possible life form in the whole of the universe because we are a warring planet. We have a lot to do. We have a lot to learn. And I love believing that there are higher civilizations that have overcome nuclear fission, have overcome burning fossil fuels, have overcome war, and are living in a higher state of consciousness. And I think that's where we're headed. And I believe that we are blessed with the, this generation is blessed with the experience of unquestionable breakthrough where we are acknowledging that we are only a little dot, a little speck in the intensity of life everywhere in the galaxy. And so I think we have that to look forward to. Patricia, Patricia Corey, where are your roots from? What planet? Well, I'm Syrian in nature. You know, (laughs) somebody asked... Some somebody asked me this very same question the other last night, as a matter of fact, in Miami Beach, and I said I believe I'm from Sirius, and she said from where, and I said from Sirius, <laughs> and, and it's funny that you say Syrian, and then she says to me, no, you're a Palladian. I said, well, I I really don't know, so uh, it would be a. a, a, a there's a little bit of interference on your end uh, from your phone. Um, I, I believe uh, I was more attracted in my studies and my readings and my research to the planet Sirius. And there's two Siriuses, right, A and B. There are three stars that are the Syrian stars, and there are many planets that orbit these stars. Sirius A is the blue, bright blue star that we still have in the third dimension. Sirius B is a star star that has ascended to the sixth dimension. And Sirius C is the infamous star known as Anu that is hovering, holding in the fourth dimension. Please excuse me, I have a terrible cold, and I know I'm sounding a little bit stopped up. No, you sound fine. Uh, Okay, great. So uh, if you really understand and feel that connection, I would say don't let anyone tell you where you're from. We know. We know at the gut level. And as much as I'm a psychic and I work with people helping them uh, rediscover some of these things, I always tell them trust your guidance, trust your intuition, because that's the ultimate truth. So, as Syrians, what is our, let's talk a little bit about the the star itself and and the complexity of the life form on that star. Okay, well, we've got three stars to work with. We have Sirius A, which is still in our night sky. It's a three-dimensional star. And according to the Syrian High Council, with whom I work, who are beings from the ascended star Sirius B, 
Series A no longer has orbiting planets because the dynamic of the interaction of these three stars is so powerful that it has uh, eliminated the possibility because of the gravitational interaction of these three stars, it has made it so that the physical planets that orbit Sirius A no longer hold frequency at this dimension. So we're getting very esoteric here. Sirius B has ascended to the sixth dimension, and those are the beings that I interact with, and the information that comes through my work is from that source. These are light beings. They have transcended physical reality, and they hold frequency and resonance at that vibration. And Sirius C, oh boy, that's the tricky one. Uh, There is a planet called Nibiru, which we all know and love, (laughs) which is one of the planets that orbited Sirius C, and which, because of its own dynamics, wasn't able to ascend to the fourth dimension. This planet is now orbiting between Sirius A and our sun, Ra. And this is the infamous planet X that we've heard so much about. And it is in a captive orbit between these two two stars, which has everything to do with gravitational pull and karma. And it has a lot to do with the dynamics that are playing out on our planet uh, with the group of entities that we know as the Anunnaki. Interesting. So which books have you written about? What what books relate to this that you have written? You wrote something like 11 books, I think, Patricia? Actually, it's 13 now because there were two books that were co-authored with other other channels. But the book that most talks about this dynamic is Atlantis Rising, The Struggle of Darkness and Light. And uh, really an exciting book. I enjoyed channeling that book. And it explains the dynamics of solar ascension, the role of planets in the solar ascension process. And it relates to us the Syrian ascension process and how that is so similar to what we're about to go through. Very interesting. So then what about... Atlantis, uh, what, uh, what was the dis- uh, defining moment that uh, Atlantis uh, destructed? And the same uh, applies to Lemuria. Yes. Atlantis is the prototype, uh, the archetypal disaster that we are now approaching on planet Earth. And that is why the book is entitled The Struggle of Darkness and Light. And this book speaks to the fact that we are fast approaching the same dynamic that brought Atlantis down, and that is from high civilization to the abuse of power to the control of the civilization through mind control to the disruption of the energy fields of the planet and the decline, the decay of the highest civilization of all time. And we are there again. We are there again. We we have technology that is so extraordinary and extreme that as as wonderful as aspects of our technology are, it is also bringing us down. But, Patricia, you don't feel that Atlantis was more evolved than we are as humans, the Atlanteans and the Lemurians? Think about it, because they were able well, to 
working telepathically, energetically. Uh, it, it was a, a, I, I, from what I've read, I, I feel it was a more evolved society. Yes, the book, The Atlantis Rising, talks about many generations, many eras of Atlantis, and the Atlantis in its purest form was the ultimately extraordinary aspect of civilization because in early Atlantis we were 12-stranded Christed beings. So that book describes the many generations, the many aspects and civilization of Atlantis, which was 100,000 years of civilization. And the decline of Atlantis was the end, not the beginning of that extraordinary civilization. But if you imagine what, what has transpired on our planet in the last 100 years. Now, we've, we've gone from almost from candlelight to our technology today in 100 years. Now, try to imagine 100,000 years. And one can recognize that there would be peaks and valleys in 100,000 years of civilization. So when we speak of Atlantis, it's, it's so broad, so in- extensive, we can't identify it solely in one aspect of its entirety. And there are extraordinary moments in Atlantis and dark moments as well. Well, how, how many years was Atlantis uh, before it destructed? How many years? How many thousands of years? According to the Syrian High Council, it was a 100,000 years of civilization. That is a lot it, of time. You know what I think often about? I, uh, David, my husband, and I, we went to, on our honeymoon... We went to Machu Picchu. I don't know if you've ever been there, and that's I've been there several times. Yes. Yeah, and think about it. Now that that is, God knows how many years uh, that it's been there, and the the Incas, uh, not the Incas, the um, yeah the Incas. So my question is: Look at how they built Machu Picchu on top of that mountain. How were they able? to get all of that rock up there. So I believe that they were direct descendants of Atlantis and or maybe Lemuria, one of the evolved uh, civilizations that are no longer uh, around. And they themselves are no longer around. And you can see how the, the decline of the civilization through the generations of the uh, the buildings within the um, within Machu Picchu and the surrounding area as power and greed uh, started to seep into the, uh, into the group. Exactly. And power and greed also seeped into late Atlantis. But I would like to suggest that, again, it's hard for us to imagine 100,000 years. It's hard to us imagine 100 years, 1,000 years, 100,000 years. It is beyond our comprehension. But let's not forget that Atlantis was a continent. And even though historians and geologists are trying to identify Atlantis as an island somewhere in the Mediterranean, the truth is, according to what I understand as truth, is that it was a continent that extended from Greenland all the way down to South America. A large continent. And that mid-Atlantic ridge is actually a mountain ridge 
of the continent of Atlantis. That would explain why we see structures that are Egyptian also in Mexico. Uh, the Bosnian pyramids, which are now surfacing thanks to the wonderful work of Dr. Sam Ozganovich, we have almost the exact structure in Serbia, Croatia, that we have in Mexico, the Temple of the Moon, the Temple of the Sun. These are gigantic pyramids that are bigger than the Great Pyramid. And why do these structures appear in almost uncanny similarity between the great expanse of the Atlantic Ocean? It's because there was a big continent there, and traveling from one side of the Atlantic to the other may have been a very simple overland process. Agreed. Agreed. Mm -hmm. So that those channels, let's say between Atlantis, the continent, and South America or Egypt or China may have been very, very uh, short treks by water or, let's say, not what we perceive as traversing the great Atlantic Ocean, but rather overland and then a short hop or... uh, cruise, shall we say, from that continent to others. And that might be the explanation of why we see these pyramids and this recurring history in so many places, so similar. And Atlantis seems to always be in the middle of everything, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And you you didn't study Lemuria that much, did you? I resonate with Sirius, Atlantis, and Egypt, which I, I see as a triangulation. And Lemuria, Pleiades, and Polynesia as another. And I, uh, I, I don't really have that imprint as much. Although I'm fascinated with Peru and Mexico and the Mayans, I'm personally more attracted, shall we say, to that other frequency of that triangle, a, uh, Sirius, Atlantis, and Egypt. But Lemuria, of course, was an also an extraordinary civilization. I think a little bit more, possibly much more Pacific, in every sense of the word, than Atlantis, which was a very technological civilization. Have you? You're in California. You're in San Diego. Have you traveled to Mount Shasta? I have never been to Mount Shasta, and unfortunately, I do not have time to go this visit, but I do believe that there's an opening there into the inner world. It's go- Well, I went. I did, I did a, a trip that I grabbed my husband, and I, I kind of pushed him to go with me because I really had felt a calling to go there. And uh, Wonderful. It, it was such a spiritual enlightenment to be there. It was. I, I, I can't even begin to describe what I was feeling walking around through Mount Shasta, through the falls, and in and, and the, the forest in and around the area. It, it, it's incredible. The calling is very, very strong. And I'd love to look at the, at Mount Shasta when it has the lenticular clouds above it. it it's just, mm-hmm. it's a very special sight. And very well, special I wish I could make it this time. And also in the, at the, in the Azores, we get those lenticular clouds almost every other day. And they're so magical. You just, you just can't help believing there's a little spaceship in there. Isn't it exactly. Yes, 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 Patricia. 
Patricia. I feel like, I feel like and somebody's going to come down any minute. But if exactly. the story in Mount Shasta, there's what 1.5 million Telosians from uh, uh, from Lemuria residing in there. Do, do you know the story or no? Yeah, I absolutely do. Yeah, and another so, place where we've got inner earth dwellers is Glastonbury, where I I spend a lot of time there also in England. And there's the mount where uh, the tour is uh, is lit up the top of this mound, and the locals believe that too is an inner earth portal. But Mount Shasta, I, I truly believe that that is a portal to enter into Shambhala. Well, you, I want to go back. My husband even wants to go back, and that was a, that was a shocker because he's not one for travel, but he really, uh, it resonated with him very, very much so. But you know... Oh, I'm just so, it's frustrating to be here so close and not have the time to go, but I'm leaving San Francisco now and I'm going down to Los Angeles and from there I'll be going to Miami and I have no, no time. So it'll have to be the next visit. Well, you know, we've got 11 minutes, so I'd like to use those 11 minutes for you to share with us about Savor Socians, Inc., your foundation that you started, because it's important work, and I don't want to leave that out. So let, let, can we um, just kind of change course here? Absolutely. I founded Save Earth Oceans, Inc. in 2012. My co-founder is Nikki Kilmer's Barber, and we set out to start a new organization of the many. I have to say I'm so delighted to see so many organizations dedicated to whales and dolphins, but I just had to do what I can to do more for them. So I founded this organization in 2012, July, and here we are. It's almost two years now. We had our first big function in uh, London on the 25th of April. It was a concert dedicated to the whales and dolphins called Singing the Oceans Alive, and it was very successful. Lots of children waking up people to the fact that the music of the whales and dolphins is more than mating calls, it's more than hunting sounds, there's something very important going on here. And I wanted that information to get out to the public. And now we are uh, embarking on certain activities that are our principal goals. One is to support organizations or individuals who are working on communication with whales and I'm not talking about learned behaviors, but breaking through the language barrier. And in fact, in Miami, I'll be meeting with some people who are doing that work. I'm very excited about that. And of course, cleaning up the beaches, cleaning up the plastic, and uh, doing what we can to improve the oceans, and also uh, standing against the Navy sonar programs that are blasting our oceans and killing our marine mammals. So we've got our work cut out for us. So how long are you going to be in Miami, and what are some of the events that people can tap into? I'm going to be in Miami the 24th and the 25th, which unfortunately turns out to be Memorial Day weekend. I didn't plan it that way, but uh, I'm hoping that will not in, inter people of, deter sorry, people from coming to my workshop, which is called Ascending the Spiral of Lactic. I've just done one in San Francisco. It was pretty remarkable. 
lots of breakthrough experiences for people. And so that is happening on the 24th and the 25th. And anyone who's interested in taking part in my workshop can contact me at patcorey at tiscally.it. We are still taking Wait a minute. I think you're going to have to spell that. Pat Corey, which is P-A-T-C-O-R-I at what now? At Tiscally. That's T as in Thomas, I-S as in Sam, C-A-L-I dot I-T as in Thomas. And I can still take registrations for that. And it's my first time in Miami. So it's not my first time visiting Miami, but it's my first time offering a course there. So we still have time to register people. And I'm going to actually take two days to meet with dolphin uh, speaker, dolphin whisperers, people who are working with the whales and dolphins, and maybe even have a little fun. Oh, well, you should. It, just stay away from Miami Beach or Miami Beach. Yes, I will want. not try to park a car in Miami <laughs> Beach. <laughs> no. So, so where where is your workshop going to be held in Miami? It's it's being held at the EB Hotel, which is I think near the airport. But people can get details by contacting me, and I believe it's also being promoted quite a bit in the local uh, New Age and Spirit magazines, etc. But I really invite people to contact me. Again, I'm also available on internet and Google. You can find me if you're looking for me. PatriciaCorey.com is another site. And uh, we hope to have a lot of people at this workshop. I'm sure you will, Patricia, because your work is fascinating and uh, you are bringing awareness, awareness, much-needed awareness. And you started this interview earlier, and I remember because I am so much in agreement with what you said, our society is dumbed down. And we are, our children are taught to be dumbed down. And it, it, it's people like you and me and the Eric Pearls of the world who are here in the now because, as you also said earlier during our interview, it is a very exciting time because we are implementing the very much needed change to save our planet. Indeed. We can choose to be dumbed down and just stick our head in totally inside our electronic equipment, or we can choose to be alive and vibrant. And that, that demands a little bit more responsibility, I think, in many ways. It also requires us to be able to, willing, to be willing to look at the traumas and difficulty. And some people don't want to go there, but I do want to go there. I'm willing to look at everything, everything, the dark and the light, so that I can do what I can to bring everything that is within my power to a higher vibration. Well, I think you're doing a phenomenal job. And again, your book, the, the most recent book, and your very first novel, The Emissary, and by Patricia Corey. And uh, if you go to patriciacorey.com, you can buy it there and or on Amazon. So, Patricia, you know, we, we have five minutes left, and I'd like to give you those five minutes for you to say whatever you want to say to help engage more people to become more aware of what you are trying to do. Well, thank you for that. I would just like to say 
this, and that is find, follow your passion, follow the love, follow what inspires you to be better, to be greater, and you will find your way, you will find your mission. So I, I'm very thrilled that I have found mine. And my work on this planet is also to help people find that which inspires them to make change for the better, to live better, to find joy and expansion in the heart. And hopefully that will include loving and taking care of the planets, of the oceans, of this beautiful earth, this extraordinary place. And always remember, you choose to, you choose to come here. This is no accident. You set a pattern at the soul level and said, I'm going into the earth now. I'm going to that physical reality to learn. And hopefully, instead of struggling with that, you will find the beauty and the wonder in this incredible earth and take a prominent role in your life to make it a more beautiful, more prosperous, healthier, healed world. And I celebrate everything everyone is doing to that end. That's beautifully said. You know, one of my own personal quotes is that we should dream big and we should saw our dreams into reality and awaken our higher consciousness so that we can live our passion and in turn conquer the secret to life. And that's well, all that it is. Well, that is also beautifully said. Thank you. That's all it is. Patricia, and you know it, I know it, and it's people like it's people like us who are helping others to find that way. I know no other way to live than to follow my passion, and uh, this can be difficult sometimes, but the rewards are immense, and I wish that for everyone. And of Patricia, course, the earth the earth wins when we all reach out to aspiring to be better and to reach for the dream, our planet wins. Yes, it does. At what age did you come into your own knowing what your passion was? I think as early as 16. I was already investigating UFOs, and my mother allowed me to dream big, and I was already questioning my role on this planet and our role in the cosmos. And I've never looked back. <laughs> well, you know, you and I parallel. I was about 15 or 14 when I knew my passion was leading me towards South America. And uh, I, I have spent close to 30 years working in and around South America. So Wonderful. It, it, bringing health care. In my, in my case, it was bringing health care uh, into these countries. But, uh, and now what we're doing is uh, helping people to transform from the sickness industry at, so that they, people can live longer, and we are going to live longer, and we're going to have a healthy, beautiful planet. So that being said, we're down to 60 minutes, and how do I say thank you so very much, uh, Patricia, for being with us and sharing your story. And the next book that comes out, please uh, make sure I get a copy so I can have you back on the air because you're a delight to talk to. 
Oh, thank you, sweetheart. I will do that. You're on the list. It's on the way. Okay. <laughs> thank all you right. for all the wonderful work you're doing, too, Stephanie. Okay, and have a safe trip to Miami. And until for our listeners, thank you for being with us this week. David and I will be back next week. And until uh, week, have a healthy, aging, younger week. You've been listening to Aging Younger with David and Stephanie Tippy. You've just heard that alternatives to the sickness industry are alive and well, helping you to age younger. The Anti-Aging Clinic is located at 7200 West Commercial Boulevard in Lauder Hill, Florida. You can reach David and Stephanie at 954-742-4430. That phone number again is 954-742-4430. And you can learn more about them on their website, livelonger123.com. Join us every Wednesday and Friday at 1 o'clock for Aging Younger on 1040 WLVJ.